Fighting for freedom every day. Broadcasting from the heartland of America. The next generation in conservative talk radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. Happy Wednesday, middle of the week. We are in the post-post-Monday, the pre-pre-Friday. I tell you every day, greatest day of the whole week. Let's just carpe diem all over this place, baby. That's what we do each and every day. And by the way, happy Valentine's Day to all you lovebirds out there. Do something special for that significant other on both sides. I saw a comment on the on the uh, video feed before we came on here. They was like, no, it's only one-sided. No, no, it doesn't have to be one-sided. The missus can get you a little something as well for Valentine's Day. You both can have a nice dinner, have some flowers, have some chocolates, whatever you want to do. Happy Valentine's Day to you if you enjoy that sort of thing. If not, apparently, though, there is now a growing movement for Singles Day on Tuesday or Red Tuesday or the Breakup Tuesday is what they're calling it now. There is a nationwide movement of a few different businesses that are doing specials for the singles or if you choose to break up with your significant other on Tuesday. So they're trying to hijack what's supposed to be a lovey-dovey, enjoy the world, like have you know a nice time with your significant other day. And they want to supersede it by trying to make people break up the day before. The hell's wrong with you? There is, there are some pretty entertaining ones out there. Especially, there is apparently some agencies of like uh, animal adoptions and animal uh, rescue places where apparently you can adopt a cat and you can actually name the cat after your ex, and they'll have a a free spading or a neutering of that animal if you actually adopt it, and they'll and if you name it after your ex. I mean, that's that's brutal, man. That's brutal. So I guess you have that one. Pizza Hut apparently has been doing a thing, which I don't know why this is a breakup food, because I really want one. But apparently uh, Pizza Hut, if you deliver a pizza to your ex, they will they will make it the special, which is a uh, habanero-infused honey glazed over the pizza. Not about you, but that sounds really kind of good. So... Apparently now we're all celebrating and focusing on the breakups and the single life this year instead of the actual Valentine's Day. So while it may seem like a silly holiday to you, I want to cherish and try and hold up Valentine's Day because I actually want to see significant others happy together. I want the family unit to stay together. I don't want to see the breakup focus, which is what we're apparently seeing this year. And the reason is, is because the younger generations, the millennials, the Gen Zs, whatever, they are now so focused on being alone and they want to be alone that they don't want to celebrate being together. They want to actually show that they're really special by not having a significant other. It's them masking their emotions of being all alone. At least that's my theory. So happy Valentine's Day to you. And if you don't, then that's okay too. Do whatever the hell you want to do. Apparently, t- today's times are crazy, man. They are. Uh, there's a there's a change in society, and I am concerned, honestly. Like on a more serious note here, uh, for Valentine's, I am concerned about the future of humanity and the way that we're going because there is now apparently was not aware of this. The Chat GPT, the artificial intelligence that we're using for society, uh, we <laughs> we always have to find a way to use it in a more romantic measure, if you want to put it that way. But according to the Associated Press, more people are using artificial in, uh, artificial intelligence and apps that are generated for a an AI boyfriend or girlfriend. Now, of course, there's, I'm sure, the explicit and adult entertaining ones. But 
Apparently, people are now getting emotionally attached to our uh, to AI bots that are chatting with them because they've been programmed to have a more deeper emotional conversation with you so you feel attached to them by wanting to ask about your day and trying to give you solutions for that and trying to comfort you in that time and telling you that they love you and this sort of thing. And to a human, obviously, that sounds very nice and you get emotionally attached to such a thing, but it's not real. It's not real. And if this is a trend that's moving forward, tag that on top of the generations that are now not getting together the generations like the millennials or Gen Zs that are not getting married, that are not having families, that are not having children, are we on a road of something more dangerous to where the human contact of one-on-one human interaction between two individuals, real human individuals, is going to the wayside? Now, obviously, that's a long way down the road. This is a very small portion of the uh, in percentage of the population. So don't get me wrong. We're not doing the hysterica, uh, hysterical movement yet, but it's the beginning. And if you have a bot that's telling you exactly what you want to hear as opposed to the bickering of a spouse, potentially, or the different opinions or different interests of a human being where you have to work through that that stuff, are people going to take the easy way out? Are they going to start taking the easy way by having these types of AI conversations by just hearing what they want to hear and then not having to worry about appeasing somebody else because all the attention is on them uh, in a world today where we want that instant gratification and in a world today where we are kind of the narcissist we have to put a picture of ourselves doing the selfie pic with the fish you know the fish lips and we have to put it on social media to see how many likes we get with how many people groveling over us with those types of pictures and videos on tiktok then it would make sense why they would be attracted to a bot that tells them exactly what they want they give them exactly what they want at the time that they want it and they don't have to worry about the other person's needs or feelings That's a bit of concern to me. And I'm telling you, it's going to grow as the generations continue on. So just be wary. Just be wary. But now the personalized AI chatbots that are giving you what you want on a romantic and deeper level. Very interesting. Coming up on the program today, we have Congressman Bob Latta from the 5th Congressional District of the state of Ohio. We chatted with him earlier today as he was going into session. What's on the docket? We had the voting for the Ukrainian bill and Israeli bill here. I don't know that they voted on it yet. I haven't heard anything, but they are working on that. Uh, There is some news with Russia, by the way, that we'll get to in just a moment. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk a little bit about the economy and some energy pushes with the uh, the EVs, electric vehicles that they're trying to work on here as well. But before we get to all that, there is some breaking news going on right now. What's trending today? A little bit of breaking news. Now, this is aside from the story that you're probably hearing in the news right now as well about a shooting that happened up the Kansas City Chiefs parade up in Kansas City today. I'm not going to cover that really right now. At least a few people have been shot, 8 to 10. One person at least has been dead. They did find the two people that shot them, and they've been arrested. The investigation's ongoing. We can do all the speculation we want to from people that hate the Kansas City Chiefs to people that were just partying a little bit too hard and got into a confrontation. Outside of that, there's really nothing else to tell on that one. There is some bigger, more concerning news, though. And like normal, I have to do this with a grain of salt. I have to be very wary of what we're hearing right now, because is this truly a legitimate concern, a national security threat for the United States, or is this another way to try and get us hyped up to pass bills that Democrats want us to pass. There is a breaking piece of news coming out of Newsmax and Fox News right now, but according to the Newsmax article, the chairman for the House Intelligence Committee, Representative Mike Turner, has issued a statement asking for Congress 
to be able to see a serious, quote, national security threat and for the national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, to declassify certain information about a threat of a foreign agent. Now, according to that report, we don't know anything other than that. That's all we know. And according to Jake Sullivan during the press hearing in the uh, press briefing at the White House earlier today, he gave us a whole lot of a nothing burger as well. So first, I reached out uh, earlier this week to the Gang of Eight uh, to offer myself for a, up for a personal briefing to the Gang of Eight. And in fact, we scheduled a briefing for the four House members of the Gang of Eight tomorrow. Uh, that's been on the books. So I am a bit surprised that Congressman Turner came out publicly today in advance of a meeting on the books for me to go sit with him alongside our intelligence and defense professionals tomorrow. That's his choice to do that. All I can tell you is that I'm focused on going to see him, sit with him, as well as the other House members of the Gang of Eight tomorrow. And I'm not in a position to say anything further from this podium at this time, other than to make the broad point that this administration has gone further uh, and in more creative, more strategic ways, dealt with the declassi declassification of intelligence in the national interest of the United States than any administration in history. Uh, so you, you definitely are not going to find an unwillingness to do that when it's in our national security interest to do so. At the same time, we, of course, have to continue to prioritize and focus very much on the issue of sources and methods. We'll do that. Ultimately, these are decisions for the president to make. But in the meantime, the most important thing is we have the opportunity to sit in a classified setting and have the kind of conversation uh, with the House intelligence leadership that I, in fact, had scheduled before uh, Congressman Turner went out. OK, to. so there it is. That was according to the White House briefing that happened earlier today. Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, that was that was appalled, that was shocked, that was surprised by the statement by the congressman asking for the declassification of this information, saying that we had already set up a meeting to discuss something, and that meeting set to take place tomorrow with the House Intelligence Committee to talk about what they're working on and what's really going on. He didn't give us anything with, I don't know if you've noticed, between him, between Karine Jean-Pierre, between the others that go up to that podium at the White House briefings, we get a whole lot of absolutely nothing other than, I can't tell you anything, but just to say this, the Biden administration's working on it. It's what we hear from every single press briefing and every single comment and topic that KJP and the others discuss, and the media doesn't ride them on that any further. Now, I understand that this is quote-unquote classified at this time, but we don't know any other information other than there is speculation. According to Newsmax, and according to a, a report and a source that was close to ABC News, they release some of the information where they say this national security threat, this, quote, serious national security threat to the United States right now involves Russia and their plan to set off a nuclear weapon in space. Not on land, not to blow people up, but in space to blow up satellites is their potential goal. Now, I want to just sit back for a moment and just... Let that absorb for just a moment on what that would actually mean. Let's just say this is a real threat. I'm not saying it is right now. No panic. Nobody freak out. But let's just say something like that actually happens. What would that actually mean? If we saw a nuclear weapon explode in space, blowing up satellites, well, that means that if you have your satellite TV, all your network TV would be gone. If you have satellite radio, uh, for those that don't listen in a local market but actually listen to the national talk show hosts that are out there, that would be gone because the satellite wouldn't be able to send that feed. If you have cell phones, 
those satellites would be gone and your cell phones would be gone. Essentially outside of maybe the internet, but there's still the sat internet as well out there as well. But the internet might still be working. Outside of that, just about everything else would be gone in terms of communication and being able to get information out. So we don't know what else would be taken out or what their plan would be or what type of satellite that they, they would actually target. If, again, and this is a big if, that's the real national security threat that we're concerned about that, according to Newsmax, was a source that was leaked to ABC News. Now, that being said, the House Intelligence Committee wants to declassify this information so that way Congress has the ability to look at this information and be able to handle and deal with it appropriately. Which I agree with. I think we should probably know that kind of threat. On the other hand, of course, they say that it needs to be uh, needs to be uh, classified so that way we don't have panic in the streets and people freaking out, and that way everybody can get this type of information. I want to question it from the basis of is this really, truly a real threat? And I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it isn't. But we have to be careful not just to go into the absolute panic and just hit the panic button and say, we got to do something. Russia's going to attack here. Because that seems to be the way that we work often when things like this actually start happening. We need to think logically through this in the first place. And I find the timing on this quite convenient. After two years of a conflict with Ukraine, and all of a sudden now after a sit-down that Vladimir Putin did with Tucker Carlson explaining a lot and accusing the United States of doing a lot of things, all of a sudden this is the threat when a bill's coming up to continue to fund Ukraine in the ongoing conflict. Very interesting. Is there a correlation and is there a connection that Putin's a liar, that he's going to attack us and that we need to fund Ukraine to keep that conflict going because he's the real threat and he's about to ready to start a nuclear war very soon with the United States. We'll break some more of this down when we come back. Stay here on The Voice of Reason. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You know, how sad of a time do we live in right now when we can't trust the information that's coming out to us? We can't trust our own government when we have a national security threat. We can't trust really anything from anybody. How pathetic is that? It's kind of ridiculous. And it makes sense that the House Intelligence Committee wants to declassify this information because walk down this road with me for a second. Shall we put on the tinfoil hat for just a moment and come down the road of... Conspiracy theories for just a moment. We have a two-year-long conflict right now with Russia and the Ukraine. We've had to stand strong with Ukraine. They're our ally. They're the ones, whatever. And I supported it. I did support it. I still do think that they should be a sovereign, independent state. According to the interview, however, with Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin, he says he doesn't want the entire nation of Ukraine. He only wants those few areas on the eastern portion while they continue to fight what he calls Nazism in the area. If that's true, that's a bigger conversation because <laughs> Democrats are funding Nazis in Ukraine. I'm just throwing that out there if that's really what's going on. <laughs> uh, if not, then he's a liar. And look, we cannot trust Vladimir Putin either. He's a former KGB member. He's a communist. He's a tyrant. He's a dictator. And he's a liar. So we can't trust anything that he says as well. But... Sometimes even liars tell the truth, and now you can't tell one way or the other. And I'll be damned if I trust our own federal government right now because of how much they've lied to us over the past few years, especially with COVID-19. So walk down this road with me for just a moment, and let's start questioning what's going on, because this is always it. The fear, the hype, 
We have to pass it. It's the panic. We get the Fast and Furious, which what Barack Obama was a mastermind at with this Fast and Furious. Got to pass it right now. Got to pass the bill right now. We have a $95 billion bill that wants to go to Ukraine and Israel. Republicans are holding it up because we're not funding our own immigration problem, which obviously failed last week in the Senate. We have the Tucker Carlson interview with Vladimir Putin that the media was ang- livid, livid about. We had a, a Hillary Clinton out there saying that Tucker Carlson's going to come back as a Russian agent, which is what they've accused him of for years. But at a two-hour-long sit-down with him, with Putin explaining, in, according to his opinion, whether it was true, whether it was a lie, fabricated, whatever, he laid out this whole story, accusing the, the United States and the CIA of a lot of stuff. So now people see that like in the near 200 million range of views of people seeing that, and start questioning, what's really going on over there? The Democrats begin to lose the narrative of funding Ukraine, which has a lot of deeper ties to things that they've been doing behind the scenes that's very corrupt and a lot of shady business with the nation of Ukraine and the Democrat Party, the Bidens, the Obamas, the Clintons, so on and so forth. The Russians as well. The whole... Russian collusion with Donald Trump that's beginning to be exposed. They have all the information. So instead of allowing Russia to be able to release this information that could damage the Democrats terribly, of course, they have to be public enemy number one. We must destroy Russia. And in order to do that, we have to have the fear-based politics. So now we have a potential serious national security threat, quote-unquote, from our departments of national security that are classified Congress wants them declassified so that way we can see the information. And the response that we get from Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, is that, no, we're not going to declassify it. We already had a meeting set for tomorrow to go over the information. I don't know why they're talking about this information. I don't know why they're talking about this stuff. A.K.A., we want to keep it classified so you don't know what's really going on. So that way we can pass the bill for $95 billion going into Ukraine. We can continue to make Vladimir Putin the enemy number one which I'm not saying is a good guy in any way, shape, or form. He's still a communist. But we want to make sure he's still public enemy number one. And now we fear him and despise him even more about potentially exploding a nuclear weapon in space to knock out all of our satellites. But we can't tell you that's really the case because you need to be fearful and just go along with what our public officials say in Washington, D.C. I don't know about you, but my radar's going up, my red flags are going up of being slightly skeptical about this entire story and the fear-based politics that's being pushed without any information. Kind of like what we went through with the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say something like that? They're ramming it through with the paranoia. Everybody gets in a tizzy. So that way we can continue to fund Ukraine and continue to make Russia public enemy number one. And if a bomb does go off, we don't even know if it's really theirs. Oh, how sad the times are. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into The Voice of Reason. Always great to have you along for the ride today. Really happy to have this guy back on the program. Been a little bit since we've been able to chat with him as he has been busy in Washington, D.C. This new session, definitely an interesting one at that. Excited to have back on the program from the 5th Congressional District from the great state of Ohio, Congressman Bob Latta. Congressman, how are you, sir? Good morning. 
Yeah, good morning to you. So good to talk to you. A lot of things going on right now, obviously. The big news that's been obviously making the headlines has been this bill out of the Senate last week that the immigration bill failed. Now we have a standalone bill for funding in Israel, getting a lot of pushback from Republicans. Twelve Republicans voted for it in the Senate, and some conservatives in the House say it's dead on arrival because it doesn't have that immigration tie to it. Uh, allies out there, especially Israel, the House has acted. Uh, last year, we passed legislation, and we paid for it uh, to make sure that uh, we could help Israel, especially with their Iron Dome, and which is their missile defense. You know, when you have 100,000 rockets and missiles uh, facing your country, and, uh, they'll, and you know, Hamas and Hezbollah will rain them down upon them, that Israel needs that defense and, and that capability out there. We against it, but we, we passed the Senate and the Senate. Then we uh, wanted to do what we call just a standalone, just for Israel to you know, vote. Uh, and unfortunately, that did not uh, get the requisite uh, number of votes. But we might bring that back and just bring it up what we call in a uh, as a uh, regular bill that we'd be voting on can to, to help and protect Israel. And so, uh, you know, House Republicans are acting. Also in the legislation, I think it's also important to point out that we, uh, some of these bills when we say that, you know, for Israel or maybe for Ukraine, especially for Israel, we're backfilling also U.S. military because the supplies that we sent over to them straight from our military, that we've got to resupply ours. So sometimes when you see the, these uh, numbers out there, that also includes making sure that we take care of our U.S. military again. On the Ukraine, uh, again, I think the vast majority of people would say that, look, we, we need to support Ukraine because, again, they've been fighting uh, Russian aggression, imperialism from Putin. The world thought that they would fall within three to five days, and they have fought on. And, uh, you know, again, they are a non-NATO country, so that means that they're not under the NATO defense arm. But uh, at the same time, uh, you know, I was at the border again with the speaker. With We had about over 60 Republican members down there early in January. And, it's a, and I wish I could say after this being my fourth trip that things have gotten better down there. They've gotten worse. They've gotten so bad, you know, that we were at the Del Rio sector where Eagle Pass is located. It's 242 miles in length along the, the, uh, the river. The, the problem with it is, is that the Border Patrol when they have these mass numbers of people crossing, can't cover it. And we were told that 242 miles out there doing just a, just a minuscule area of trying to patrol. And a lot of people sometimes think, well, you know, they're either Mexicans or Central Americans. That's not true. That uh, they intercepted over 130 nationalities along the border there last year. And that's the ones they caught. We don't even know all the gotaways that they got through. And just to, to show you a number that I think is important, that the uh, Customs and Border Patrol, between October and February of this year, they caught almost 4,300 Chinese. People got to think about that. And in January, it broke the record for the number of people crossing the border. And in December, everybody heard it was 302,000 that crossed the border. It broke another record. And the number that I we, we look at is that here, when I think about Ohio, by the by the end of this year, when Biden's uh, four years is up, that is, it's estimated that the entire state of Ohio would have crossed that border in that time frame. We have over 11 million people. Wow. 
It blows my mind. Yeah, there's a serious crisis down here, and I applaud you guys and, and Speaker Mike Johnson from when we went into the holidays that said that if we're going to do some type of foreign aid, we need to do the foreign aid. We understand we have to do the foreign aid, especially for Ukraine. At the same time, we need to tie it with immigration because we have to do something. Now, obviously, the Biden administration has the ability right now at this moment to shut down the border and to actually solve this issue. But they won't do it, so we have to act upon that one, and uh, we need to have some type of partnership there. It's unfortunate that we've gotten this bad because when we look at, like you said, 10 to 11 million illegal migrants that have come across the border since the Biden administration, the population of a single state, that could completely change the dynamic of the United States, couldn't it? Well, you're absolutely right. And let me, let me just follow up with this, with these people crossing. You know, a lot of people think, well, okay, they got the United States, they're here now. That's, and they think that they'll just, uh, you know, everything will be great. That's not true. You know, when you when you listen to the Border Patrol and you listen to the Texas sheriffs that are along that border, they tell you what the human tragedy is. There are people being you know, murdered on their way up. There are people being murdered in Texas in, in these groups. Women are being raped. Women are being placed into prostitution. Uh, then the, you, you hear about uh, the children. You know, uh, there are kids up there being brought into this country and they're putting in, quote unquote, uh, these underground sweatshops. These kids have to work, little kids. And one of the things we also know is that this comes right from uh, the Department of Homeland Security. We don't know. Now, this is hard to believe. We do not know because of what's happened, with, especially with this Biden administration, where 100,000 kids oh. are in this country. We don't even know what happened to them. So, uh, you know, we don't know what kind of situations they might be in. And, uh, but, I mean, this is how horrific this is. So, uh, you know, this human tragedy all the way through this. And you're absolutely right. President Biden has the ability to do all these things and to stop this from happening. And this is one of the things we did when we passed uh, H.R. 2 in the, in the last year on border security, the toughest bill ever put out there. But, you know, the things, everything you think of, you know, hiring more Border Patrol, making sure we, you know, build the wall. And again, the, the Border Patrol says by doing that, they'll stop 95% of the traffic. And also the deadly heroin coming into the, or in fentanyl, especially the fentanyl coming into the country. And then also, if you look at the Remain in Mexico, the asylum and the pro and the catch and release, these are all things that we can do right now. And we just pretty much put it back into a, a bill saying, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you concerned as we look at Ukraine right now and with the standalone bill that's coming to you guys now that could be voted on today, really, with uh, Ukraine and Israeli funding? Uh, how concerned are you about this conflict escalating? After the interview that we saw from like Tucker Carlson with President Vladimir Putin, he had said that he doesn't want the entire portion of Ukraine. He just wants a couple of those uh, portions that are on the eastern uh, coast that he believes are part of Russia instead of Ukraine. Uh, but at the same time, Ukraine's still fighting you know, tooth and nail to be able to preserve some of this stuff. How concerned are you that this conflict is going to escalate and that we're going to see more of uh, military troops or military resources have to go over there for a bigger uh, conflict than what's already there? Well, you know, I'm, I'm a student of history. And first of all, Putin, Putin is a dictator. Putin, you know, people have to remember, grabbed the Crimea and, and the rest of the world just, just said, well, okay. And then all of a sudden now we're seeing the war that he's uh, got in the Ukraine. If he could have, again, on on three to five days, and that's what some of these people at the Pentagon thought was going to happen, that he'd be in the, the capital of Kiev 
within three to five days, he would have kept the whole country. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, going back in history, let's just look at Adolf Hitler. Uh, when every time that Hitler did something, the rest of the world turned their turned their heads and watched, especially with the Rhineland, the Ruhr, and then especially with when you look what happened with the 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 Sudetenland and Czechoslovakia, when Neville Chamberlain came back with a piece of paper said we have peace in our time, and Hitler's not going to do anything else. Just give him that little piece of Czechoslovakia, and he'll be happy. Well, in, in a very short period of time, what did he do? He moved in and took the rest of Czechoslovakia. And so, you know, I, I don't trust this guy. And the other thing that we have to always remember is there's another country watching, and that's communist China. And they're looking to see what the rest of the world is going to do with the Ukraine because their eyes are on where? Taiwan. And we have, we have a pact out there with Taiwan that uh, we're going to be – and so if China attacks, we've had, you know, a general at the Pentagon say that could happen within two to five years. That if that happens, we're we're in a big shooting war all of a sudden, yeah. And we're talking about fleet action and everything else because we prevent the communist Chinese from taking over Taiwan. So you're looking at communism and dictatorships doing exactly what they did in the 1930s. And the world said, you know, if the world would have acted uh, immediately against Hitler, there would never have been a World War II. There would never have been uh, the six million Jews dying in concentration camps. And you look, and the world would be a different place today. That's if the world would have just, just said at one time, no. And in this case, when you hear Putin saying, "Just give me a little bit more," I, that's that's one of the uh, the lies out there that we've heard throughout history with all dictators. There it is. That's Congressman Bob Ladder from the Fifth District of Ohio. We're going to do a two-parter. We have more of that interview coming up right after the break because it's some interesting information for sure. We shift gears a little bit and talk about things back on the home front along with other conflicts going on in, around the globe. So uh, definitely intriguing. And this was before some of the information that came out earlier uh, just a little bit ago about this national security threat. So the question is, do you believe the national security threats that are going on right now, this potential nuclear weapon, that Vladimir Putin wants to blow up on satellites out in space, or is it something just to try and pass some of these bills? Where is our duty lie when it comes to funding Israel and Ukraine and some of these? Uh, I mean, obviously we need to support them as an ally, but where is that line drawn? And when do we start seeing that money being used for other purposes than an actual conflict that's going on right now, which is what we're starting to see with the Ukraine. At the same time, Israel is one of our biggest allies, especially in the Middle East, and we have the Biden administration that's beginning to curse them out and want them to stop what they're doing. And it sounds like right now Israel's dead set on finishing their agenda, which is eliminating the threat and the terrorist organization of Hamas before they end up actually having a peace in the Middle East right now. So good for them. If we're going to be funding somebody, maybe we should be focusing on that. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. But we'll see. We'll continue this conversation uh, conversation with Congressman Bob Latta right around the corner here on The Voice of Reason for a Wednesday as we talk about the latest out of Washington, D.C. Lots more to get to. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. for freedom every day the voice of reason 
with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Welcome back into it. We've got a few minutes left here of the program as we continue our conversation with Congressman Bob Latta from the 5th Congressional District of the State of Ohio. Let's talk about Israel for just a moment. We heard the news that the Biden administration has made so some not-so-nice comments about Benjamin Netanyahu. They're now trying to advocate for Israel to stand down and, and back off a little bit on this conflict against Hamas, which doesn't sound like we're being the good allies that we're supposed to be for the nation of Israel. Then, of course, we have Iran getting involved. We have Jordan trying to attack us with drones. We have a lot of things going on there. Uh, where are we at with this conflict, and do you see this starting to calm down anytime soon, or is this going to be around for a while? Well, once again, you're looking at uh, uh, who's, who's backing these groups. It's Iran, the largest uh, country of state sponsored terrorism in the world. And, uh, you know, you have to remember, is this administration, this president, is that we're going to give back to Iran $6 billion. He said, oh, they won't use it for military purposes. It's going to be for peaceful purposes. And it's like, what a joke, because we all know that uh, they could uh, take another $6 billion from someplace else and buy more and send more rockets, uh, because their mission is the destruction of the state of Israel, period. Yeah. And so, you know, this, unfortunately, this president has uh, pretty much uh, uh, used a, a kid glove when he's worked uh, anything with Iran. And uh, when you look at these countries over there, that uh, especially Israel, hey, were they the ones on October the 7th that uh, when they were all sleeping in their beds that they were, you know, and I saw the video that, uh, that came out. And this is video that. Uh, Israel collected from uh, body cameras, from Hamas fighters, and from just security cameras. It was absolute butchery, and I mean butchery. And so the Israel's out there saying, "Look, we're going to have to, de- we're going to defend ourselves." And uh, you know, if, and also Americans have to remember, Israel is a very small country. You you take the, the number of casualties look on that day on October the seventh, and the number of hostages that were taken, and you multiply that out to what the size of the United States would be, and you understand why Israel is trying to do what they possibly can to defend themselves. Yeah, it is definitely unbelievable. Hopefully we can see a resolution to this. But according to them, they say that they've eliminated about two-thirds of Hamas, which is good news, and they don't have any intention of slowing down until that is done. So uh, I give them kudos to, you know, actually defend themselves. What a wild concept. Last question for you, Congressman, and we got just a couple of minutes left here, and I always appreciate your time. But let's bring it back home and talk about some energy. I know that the, they continue to push with this environmentalism. We continue to see this transition to EVs. You've been working hard on this industry as well uh, with the energy and trying to stop some of these mandates from the electric vehicle side of things. What's the latest in this conversation? Well, uh, we're going to have another uh, subcommittee meeting in energy today. And once again, on the energy front, I ask everybody that comes before us that are dealing with energy one simple question. Do we need more energy in this country or less? And everybody said the same thing. We're going to have to have more. <laughs> when you look at the, the the amount of energy that we're going to have to be used from, you know, like the uh, chip makers and everything that they need, they're talking about maybe a 4.5% increase uh, over what we have right now just for energy production. So it's, it's out there that, uh, you know, we've got to have more energy, not less. The United States is not credited, especially with Biden, what he did with our natural gas LNG exports that, uh, you know, we've become the largest in the world because we've, we've turned American energy policy uh, to where we need to have it. And so, you know, we've got natural gas, and we got to help our allies in uh, Europe and around the world because, again, 
That way they don't have to rely on Putin, who then uses that money for his war machine. So, uh, you know, EVs, again, I've always said this. You should drive whatever you want, but the federal government shouldn't tell you what you're going to drive. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the power. And then we don't have the charging stations. And people are finding out in cold weather, EVs don't work real well. So uh, the American people shouldn't be dictated by the federal government with the theory should be driving out there. That's up to them. Yeah, what a concept. I mean, with us centralizing everything on the electric side, I mean, eventually the electric grid's not going to be able to sustain it, which almost seems like what the agenda is for some individuals with this constant push to put everything on electricity. It's Congressman Bob Ladder from the 5th District of Ohio. A lot of things going on in Washington, D.C. We didn't even get to some of the other ones that haven't been in the news, including, I don't know, a conversation about a federal budget getting done when we're already halfway through a fiscal year, which I'm sure you guys are still working on behind the scenes. Congressman, we always appreciate the time. Keep up the fight in Washington, D.C. We look forward to chatting with you again here real soon. Thank you very much. Have a great day. There it is. That's Congressman Bob Ladder from the 5th District of Ohio. Always appreciate having him on the program. We get him on about once every month or so on the show. A lot of things going on in D.C. right now. Yeah, funny how we haven't heard about the budget bill in a while. The continuing resolution just continues to be extended over and over and over and over. That's it for us today. Back at it again tomorrow for the pre-Friday celebration. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.